This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not represent other podcasts or affiliates of Gunna Geek. Check out more podcasts at GunnaGeek.com and get ready because geekiness starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to F3G2, a weekly comic book review show. Sitting by your computer right now? Click over to f3g2.gunageek.com and check out the video version of the show where you can see all of the books we're talking about this week. Let's start the show. Hello, interwebs. Tis I, Sebastian Piccioni, and this is F3G2 coming at you live from the back of Famous Faces and Funnies. And get your fun on. And you could be watching or listening to this on either YouTube or gunageek.com. We're not picky. We're easy, like a drunk prom date. Um, I am fooling you by looking like I'm wearing a typical comic book shirt, but it is actually its actually a Dwight Howard shirt. I don't know Dwight Howard from Hole in the Wall, other than his name and number on a lot of shit with, with the Superman S on it that I always go to buy and go, ooh, look at this, a marked down Superman thing. Oh, I don't know who he is. And I walk away. But someone gave it to me, so now I can pretend that I know anything. About, you know, this S is clearly not for sports. <laughs> no. It's not. But if you're watching the show and thinking, oh, man, do I need to adjust my pixels? You do not. I'm actually wearing a size large shirt, not a size extra large. And I don't look like someone shoved into a garbage bag that is way too small for them, uh, which is what I normally look like. in. Uh, so, so, uh, so, yes, clearly I've been losing weight and you don't need to fix your, you know, you don't need to fix your computer. We're good. We're good. Um, I'm shrinking. It's not really that noticeable. That's why I have to point it out to you. All right, let's get started. Hey, worst case scenario, you become the atom. It's always possible. Um, I would want the, the atom's power if I could only like shrink or grow. Yeah. But I want to be able to do it to just parts at a time. Just like in the middle of conversation, just make like one year, just like. While people look at me, I'm like, what? And then just like... You know, I'm listening. While they're like... And then just pull it back in and be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I think that'd be awesome. All right, we're going to start out with Multiversity, number one. All right. Uh, this is the Cosmic Neighborhood Watch, all right? This was good. Um, I hoped it would be good. Uh, it's not the one with the, the Charlton verse in it, so that one better be great, but... This was really good because, um, you know, Grant Morrison is one of those guys who there's not a lot of Grant Morrison stories that I think are okay. There's a lot of Grant Morrison stories that I love and a lot of Grant Morrison stories that I bash my head against a wall while crying softly, what the fuck, <laughs> over and over and over again. And a couple of Grant Morrison stories that I pick up and hurl across the room. So he's either hate, painful, love, and I can't think of a single one that I've just been, eh, that was okay. So, fortunately, this has fallen into the love category so far. Um, Captain Carrot is pretty awesome. He meets um, the, the uh, Calvin Ellis Superman that we'd already seen from uh, Earth-23. And he proceeds just like, Superman, hey, finally a friendly face. You know, we met, remember? And he's like, uh, you may have met one of my you know, analogs. I'm not... You know, I don't, I've never met you. And Captain Carrot shrugs and goes, Hey, all you humans look alike to me. I just go by the colors of your costume. And the guy's like, Because, you know, he knows that he's in the minority on uh, Superman ethnicity. 
<laughs> there's Earth 23 and Earth 2. Um, but there's also Savage Dragon is in here. He's called Dino Cop, and he's like nice. a... He's old school Savage Dragon where he's still in the police uniform, but he's got instead of the, the big fin, he's got like Stegosaurus spikes going down, and it's brilliant. Um, and then there's a handful of little handful of little cameos of alternate versions, but basically... Um, Forget the anti-monitor. What happens when uh, the multiverse is just too much for the last monitor? And that seems to be the crux of things. But it was really well done. It was, and he takes Grant Morrison takes that whole concept of um, like the old, the way old comic books do that. You know, don't open these pages. Run, save your own. Especially DC Comics used to do that all the time. You know, the old like 60s, 70s, you know, 50s with the characters telling you not to read stuff or, you know, or only you can t- you know, do whatever. And he takes that, owns it, makes it work in a modern setting and kind of turns it on its ear all at the same time. So that was really good because that was the one part I was worried about was I was excited about this until I found out that um, it's like comicception. There's a Within the comic is a comic that talks to the characters in the comic, revealing actual pages of the comic. And I was like, that's what he's doing? I'm like, that's so Grant Morrison, but that's, you know, I'm like, there's a 1% margin for that to be good and a 99% margin for that to be anywhere from, so, what the fuck? And he, he found that 1% margin, so there you go. That worked. Well done. Read that. Dr. Spectre, Master of the Occult. I'm still loving this book. Um, there's a lot happening. And this book is a sort of crossover with the other um, gold key titles. You do get Magnus, Robot Fighter in here. You do get um, Solar, Woman of the Atom. And um, Turok, uh, Dinosaur Hunter, all showing up. And there's a lot of reality-altering stuff going on, but it's really well done. And I I, I just like the way they handle the character. Um, art and Tribian, so everybody should read that. Supergirl number 34 by Tony Bedard and Carl Moline. What? <laughs> um, so, S. Tribian, uh, this is starting... Supergirl and Batgirl are going through um, a little bit of an upheaval of let's get them to be not so angsty. Uh, last week I talked about how Gil Simone did a great setup for what the new people are going to do. So I don't know how well or bad the new people are going to handle it, but Gil Simone did the impossible of bridging that. How are we going to go from all that darkness in Batgirl right now to this sunshiny new Batgirl? Especially when the current storyline involves her father being in jail for mass murder and her just being frustrated at her inability to disprove it. So, it seemed like a big jump to, eh, I'll go back to school and be happy. (laughs) I just got, I've only been able to walk for two years after the Joker shot me and chained my father up in a collar naked in like a birdcage. Yeah, he sent naked pictures of my paralyzed body to my father. Since then, I think, I thought I killed my brother who was a killer. Um, my mother's come and gone from within my life. My father shot my boyfriend, and now he's arrested for mass murder. I think I should go back to college and uh, get a new fun uniform and, and get a cool uniform. Um, that seemed like a hell of a segue, but Gail pulled that off. 
Tony had a slightly easier job because Tony Bedard is writing Supergirl and is going to continue writing Supergirl. So, um, you know, he's, he's, it's easier to set stuff up for yourself. But he does a great job of kind of not ham-fisting a, you know, here's a new status quo. It just kind of happens, and based on her having just come down from the, you know, she's out of the Red Lanterns, and while getting back from the Red Lanterns comes across her doomsday-fied cousin, so her life's already in an upheaval, so it's almost unnatural to, well, I can't I can't go back to where I was, you know? Um, so we get a new character. They say she's going to get a new boyfriend, and I believe we've met him. Um... And uh, you know, as 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 Trabian, Carl's artwork is as always gorgeous. I will say though, I was slightly disappointed. Jose Marzan Jr., whom I love, is a bit heavy-handed on his inks, and he buries Carl under a lot of the stuff. So a lot of the Carmeline artwork, Carl's got that very light, the, the very light touch. Right? Carl is like, um, it, it's almost like he inks using butterfly, you know, he, it's almost like he he pencils using, you know lead the size of, of butterfly legs or butterfly eyelashes, if you will. It's, it's always got that very light and airy look. And the inks on this are really very heavy and a lot of the... Nuance? Yeah, a lot a lot of that fine line kind of... Carmeline hair looks a certain way. Carmeline faces look a certain way. Carmeline hands look a certain way. And a lot of that is buried in here. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was a little disappointing because it was, it was Carmeline artwork that I was coming in for um nova number 20 nova sam found out some bad things about his dad in the last issue and he's been he and rocket got poisoned while trying to find out more about his dad and now they're trying to find out the rest about his dad while working off an antidote um we find out more about his dad in fact we find out a little bit more than sam does but um it's a very happy little story in that regard, um, and we got Cosmo. So you get you get the new Nova teaming up with Rocket and Cosmo, and that's always a not, you know, that's always a plus right there. Um, this is a bookmark that says Barbarella because humanoids is making a Barbarella like crazy deluxe limited numbered duotone coffee table edition book, um, and it's Barbarella. English language adaption by Kelly Sue DeConnick. So it's like chocolate in my peanut butter. Two great tastes that go great together. Um, Ultimates. All new Ultimates number six. Um, it's not the feel good comic of the year. Uh, <laughs> Bombshell is not thrilled that her boyfriend, Pooey. Yeah, no, I ain't making that shit up. Boyfriend's <laughs> name was Pooey. Um, Pooey did. And he's a little happier, except for the fact that there will be a tombstone somewhere that forever says, here lies Pooey. And that's that's unfortunate and embarrassing on multiple levels. Um, so Bombshell is, as you could expect, blowing shit up. It's just a mess. The cops are coming in half after the Ultimates, half after the gangs of the, um, the Serpent Skulls. The Ultimates are fighting the Serpent Skulls and the cops. Cops are, you know, the, the serpent skulls are fighting the ultimates and the cops. Scourge is running through, killing anyone he thinks is bad. Um, and uh, Bombshell is really determined to kill um, 
Diamondback because uh, she's responsible for the death of Pooey. There's a lot happening. It's good. It's better than, uh, I mean, we're on issue six, and like the first three, I was kind of like, eh, where's the, I'm, how am I feeling this? But then by like four and five, and six, I got like a stride going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is almost like exercise. Screw that. But uh, it's good. You just don't work out while you're doing it. Batman and Robin. Um, issue 34 of Batman and Robin fixes all the holes that they just finished putting in the Bat family with um, the death of the family. This is like rebirth of the family. Because everybody comes together because Batman's like, look, I'm going to go to Apocalypse because I think I can resurrect Damien. Everyone's like, we're behind you. And he's like, no. You need to stay here because Gotham needs you. And like, no, we're, we're in. We're willing to die. He goes, and that means the world to me. But... I'm not going to... You guys are all my kids. I'm not going to risk the lives... He goes, I may die on this. I know that. But I'm not going to let... One, it's, I'm not trading one of you for Damien. I'll either die getting Damien back or die trying or actually get Damien back. But I'm not going to go, yay, I got Damien back. Shame about Barbara. You know, yay, I got Damien back. Eh, Jason's been dead before. You know? <laughs> yeah, I got, He's used to it. Yeah, I got Damien back. Tim blew up, but... uh so did his friend Superboy in this new 52, and he got better, so... Eh, what could so, no, he's not going to pull any of that. Meanwhile, the only thing more frightening than a Lex Luthor who knows Batman's identity and is at odds with him within the ranks of the Justice League is a Lex Luthor who knows Batman's identity and is actually working with Batman. It, they're like... For as much as they are, on the one hand, they're like polar opposites... But they're not. It only seems like they're polar opposites. Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor actually kind of run parallel. Which means, when they realize that, on the one hand, they could look at it as, we are both taking paths that shall never meet. But on the other time, like, we are both taking paths that forever run in the same direction. Let's do this shit. So it's really unsettling. Because we know, um, if you want to go back to pre... uh, You know, Batman's continuity is the most still intact... Um, I realize the Justice League has changed and whatever, but once upon a time, somewhere out there, at the very least, this Batman has the potential to be the guy who goes, yeah, I got plans to take down the entire Justice League um, in, in, in a vault that, oops, uh, Ra's al Ghul hacked and used to take down the entire Justice League. Now imagine you've got those same plans, only it's not Ra's at the computer. It's Lex going, ooh, ooh I can do that. Fun weekend. You know, I can improve that. You know, I can make a thing that... I can make a suit that'll do all... Ooh. <laughs> Otis, cancel my calls. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's some unsettling shit right there. All new X-Factor, number 12. So awesome. I love this book. <laughs> Thank you, Peter David, for existing. <laughs> That's my, that's my review. I just, I want to hug this book. I want this book to be, pants. yeah, I, 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 I want this book to be, um, I want this book to be uh, Harry Snow's wife and me to be Gambit. <laughs> Which, if you read the book, you know, let's get it on. And they do. But, um, but this book is so good. And, oh, this. This is the book. I, I, I was trying to think earlier this morning. I'm like, I knew there was a book that 
the end actually got you know there was I get so emotional comic every time I read you and I knew that there was a there was a comic that did that it was this one because Peter David does some Quicksilver stuff um one of the people that Quicksilver kind of tried to restore powers with Terrigen Mists when he went kind of nuts um comes forth and goes he's not a hero they're having a press conference and she's like he's not here he killed all my friends he kicked all my asses you know he's he's a villain he started out a villain that's all ever be and quicksilver in a rare non-quicksilvery moment says she's absolutely right um if anybody wants to press charges you know where to find me i don't be in my room i'm you know uh you know, he's like, too many people don't take, you know, ownership of what they do. And I, who am so arrogant that I always think I'm better than everyone, realize I'm doing the same shit that I can't stand in other people. So this is all on me. And it's like, but that's not even the moment. There's a moment at the end. Uh, I'll do it. We'll do the, the spoiler in three, two, one. His daughter shows up. Luna, his daughter from Crystal of the uh, Inhumans, shows up. And she forgives him from she had they had long ago he was estranged from the family, but she said she'd never respect him again. She shows up for the sole purpose of telling Pietro, I respect what you did, you know. And she goes, you know, she was just she goes, remember when I said I would never, you know, forgive anything you ever did. I would never respect you. She's like, uh, forget I said that. Forget it. And the last panel is just this father daughter hug and him saying forgotten. And, you know, it's not Pietro's only growth moment. He declines an invitation to join, to go back to the Avengers, because Havoc's had him on here. Havoc's heading one of the Avengers teams, and has had Quicksilver on here to keep tabs on Lorna. And uh, he's like, I'm not going back. You know, Lorna needs me. This is, this is my place. And Havoc's like, come on, it's the Avengers. It's the A team. X-Factor will always be a B team. And... And Pietro's like, you don't know that. And, you know, and then there's this moment, she's like, well, your sister, you know, Wanda's there, and, you know, she needs you. He's, my sister Wanda, who, with three words, you know, eliminated a race, you know, she doesn't need me. She can do fine on her own. You forget, I have two sisters, and Lorna needs me now. She's more fragile than, than Wanda. And it was like, it's really, really good shit. It's, it's, if you see the words Peter David and X Factor anywhere near each other, buy that book. That's what I'm telling you. Um, Batman Eternal number 20 continues to be good. We have the proof. The proof is is now obtained. They have the proof of um, Gordon's innocence. Whether or not that'll help in the long run, we're not sure. The uneasy bat bard croc alliance pays off but has some rough spots and um all in all oh and we get an origin of the name spoiler um for the new 52 it's still oh, this is how you do a new 52 right you they've done with spoiler what they always say they're going to do and then completely miss on everything else they have gotten they've kept what is the essential what's the core of this character and we're going to run with that. Where they always say, oh, we're going to run with, what's the core of this character? We're going to run with this. And that's, that's not the core. Oh. This time they nailed it. And when you nail it, it's good. Future's end. There are no nails here. There are a couple of screws, and they're all loose. 
Future's End at this point is doing almost nothing for me. Original Sins, <laughs> number five of five. This is a weird book, because this book punches you in the gut with the first story and then makes you bust the gut with the last story, and then there's another story in the middle that I don't remember. Oh, I don't care about the... It's a Young Avengers story, but it's the Young Avengers sort of like the the last, the latest series of Young Avengers, and I didn't like that series. So, nah, is what I say to that. The first story deals with old Nick Fury meeting a friend, sort of. Spoilers in three, two, one. Dum Dum Dugan shows up and is like, Nick, it doesn't have to be this way. And Fury's like, I only got X amount of time left. I'm, I'm going to die. I have to do all this. And Dugan's like, no, you don't. You don't have the infinity formula anymore. Fine. I do. Mine's still working. Take, take it out of my, you know, out of, take some of my blood. Let's synthesize some stuff and, and, and fix you up. And Fury's like, oh, man. Opens the door and he's like, Dumb dumb. You've been dead since 1960-something. You're an, you're one of those space-age really cool LMDs that I've been using for me. Uh, because he died on a two-man mission, nobody else knew, and um, I thought it wasn't the way you were supposed to go. I just can't let my friend go. And Dumb Dumb's pissed, like you would be. Um, so I was heartbroken, crushed, and devastated. The end of this, however, is this... Um, Nick Fury is interviewing various members of the Marvel Universe, going, look, uh, all these secrets are being revealed. I just want to get ahead of it and see what we should prepare for. Uh, important is the disclaimer goes on to say, everything you say here will be off the record and not in continuity, okay? <laughs> and then people start to confess stuff. Gambit confesses, um, I'm not actually French. It's why I always just pepper easy French words like we oui and share with English. I just wanted to sound cool. <laughs> she hooks like, never pass the bar. <laughs> and then it goes on from there. Um, including um, Black Panther gets two panels because he's like, I don't have any secrets. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have anything to confess. And they're like, uh, we found these Avril Lavigne CDs in your car. And he's just like, There, there are some others. The Beasts is possibly the best. Um, Namor gets a two-panel because he's good. And then there's even, um, there's even the Watcher in a beard. I don't know if I can line that up there. The Watcher in a, in a yes, in a Watcher in a beard and hat saying I fake my death. <laughs> so, just when I thought I'm like, oh, they broke my heart with the first story. Oh, the second story, I don't give a rat's ass about. And then there's these two pages of I was, I was LOLing, alright? Speaking of LOLing, Delinquents number one is so damn good. Um, Archer and Armstrong on a collision course with, um, Quantum and Woody? With, yeah, with Quantum and Woody, who have been, Quantum and Woody have been hired to find the Hobo Treasure. The Hobo Treasure, is it Hobo Treasure map? It's a map of the United States with all those hobo symbols that they carve in places so they know, you know, with it, you know, whatever. Um, it was, it's 
on the skinned flesh of a dead hobo's butt because he tattooed it. He tattooed it in a place he thought no one would ever look, and then lost the original. So when he died, they had to skin his ass, and uh, and of course, it's been ripped in in half, and uh, each party has a half and is looking for each other. Um, what else do you need? That's why are you even watching this? Go to the comic store and buy delinqu- the delinquents, number one. Because Archer and Armstrong and Quantum and Woody each have half of a skinned homo's ass. A skinned hobo's ass with the little hobo symbols on it. And I believe the skinned, the hole in the middle where, where the, the actual uh, anus would have been is the actual, that's where the treasure is. But it says that the, the, the map is supposed to be about an adventure, and, you know, it won't work if you try and just go to the treasure. You have to follow it, its codes, and, and ride the rails, and, and live the hobo life, and get to, get to skinned hobo, skinned hobo buttland, and, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, for, for Armstrong, it's, there's a personal, because, for a while, he just spent, you know, he just spent a lot of time as a hobo back when that was, you know, an easier thing to do in, in, in America. In, in, you know, in the, you know, one of those, like, you know, like uh, romanticized versions of the 20s kind of kind of era. And um, and he knew the guy who gave it to him as like a personal, you know, the king of the hobos, the boxcar king gave it to him as a personal, you know, quest. And of course he's Armstrong. He screwed up and while he was, you know, drinking and, and whatever, dogs got into his bag, fought over it and tore it in half. And uh one of the halves ended up you you, you follow the journey of, of, of the halves and you know, he's still got one, but the other one goes through hands and hands and hand and hand. You get to see a great difference between Woodstock in the sixties, where they've got like, you know, free love and a station set up where you can barter for food, water, this and that. And then you see Woodstock during like the more modern concert that they did at Woodstock, where they've got a sign that says "No nudity, no PDA, water ten dollars, no outside food allowed," you know, and you get to see the differences between '60s versus now. So it's brilliant. Ghost Rider number six, you know, all new Ghost Rider. Um, Felipe Smith's still writing, but we've got um, who's who's on the art here? Um, Damian Scott and uh, inker uh, Robert Campanella. On uh, on art instead of um, what the heck is his name? Uh, he still did the cover. Trad Moore. Um, I thought that was going to be a huge deterrent, and it is a heartbreak because Trad Moore's art is so good and fit this book so well. But the story is so good and so well done, and the art it's not bad at all. But it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But it's not. Um, it's not Trad Moore. It's almost like um, it, 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 it's like a Trad Moore Trad Moore spin on um, like a like a unfinished Umberto Ramos. There's more potential in here than it's not as realized as it could be yet, but 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 it's good and it worked. This book is so good that you know what I thought would be like no it was just oh okay I mean. And I, and I followed the story, and it's so, so good. I love this book. You should all read this. Plus, um, somewhere, while on the news talking about this new ghostwriter, we see a man 
in a bar in a leather jacket. And he sees this on the news and he goes, what? And he hops on his motorcycle and rides towards, uh, he's on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway heading towards Staten Island. Who could it be, Johnny Blaze? Uh, why could he be going to find this other Ghost Rider? Um, Ghost Rider, me, Ghost Rider is, has been billed and is already coming. And I can't hardly wait. I can't wait. That'll be good. Boom, boom. Valiant, Valiant, um, Armor Hunters Harbinger number two and Armor Hunters Bloodshot number two. Both really good. Um, it's one of those, uh, it's a crossover done right. You don't have to read all of these different things to follow it, but it's, there's a, you know, a big event has happened because you know, sometimes crossovers seem like they're just doing it for no reason and other times you have these events in comic books where it's like this major event happens and why is only the Fantastic Four dealing with it or why is Cap dealing with this on his own or why is Batman dealing with all of this and no one else in the Justice League comes in to, to you know and, and then you get huh. so you don't want everything to be an event but once you've established that there's this whole world full of powers then really how can you justify having you know you can't justify the fact that in this, aliens have blown up Mexico. They've destroyed Mexico City. It's gone. Everyone is dead, and the city has been, you know, basically crystallized into glass. Um, you know, the ground where the city was. Underneath it are these alien creatures starting to germinate. Um, so, of course, other teams are coming in, and, you know, and then with Bloodshot, you've got these other aliens. The, the, you know, the aliens that are actually specifically part of the armor hunter down and while they're after EXO specifically while they're after Eric other people are going to deal with that as well so it, it makes a lot of sense and they're, both, and they're all really well done Daredevil number 7 wrapping up the, the Daredevil and his mother story it's great he goes and meets um, uh, what's her name he meets um, Black Panther's sister the current ruling Black Panther, because they're all Black Panthers over there. Um, it's like the king name. If you're the ruler, you're Black Panther. Unless you're T'Challa, then you can be Black Panther all the time. It doesn't matter if you're ruling or not, because you're T'Challa. Suck it, the rest of the world. Um, Daredevil gets kind of like Novo. He saw some disparaging things in the secret world of his father through the exploding eye, and now he realizes the rest of that story and gets to see it in perspective and go, oh, okay, so my visions of my father shouldn't be as shattered as, as I thought they were. Um, but also, it's great when he deals with um, uh, with Black Panther's sister. She's like, you know, what are you going to do? He's like, oh, you think I'm going to fight my way out of this? No, I didn't come here to, to fight my way out of this. Um, I came here to lawyer my way, you know. As he, you know, um, I realize I'm not capable of hand-carving an exit for those women through the most brilliantly weaponized uh, military of the 21st century. I'm here to lawyer them out. And then he, legal mind game, you know, like, uh, just like, almost like a heist movie in reverse, where instead of doing something, you know, he's got this whole plan, oh, and what you didn't know is, Behind the scenes, I did this, 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 and because of the situation you're in, this, 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 and this, so unless you want a whole international incident, give me what I want. And they're like, ah, let him go. <laughs> and it was brilliant because it was one of those great moments where it's not all about the fighting, it's all about the mind. 
Speaking of, Magneto number eight by Cullen Bunn. Um, and art by Javier Fernandez. Um, Magneto's powers are not great. He's been going around fighting people who've been killing and destroying mutants, including mostly people who have been working on mutant growth hormone. But in this case, he doesn't kill everybody. He's got a bigger plan than that. He's taken one of the, uh, the, the, the guy behind the best batch of, the best quality batch of um, mutant growth hormone. He's basically taken the, the, um, the Heisenberg of MGH and now says, you work for me. And you're going to, he gives him his own blood, he goes, you're going to use this. Basically, he wants a mutant growth hormone to stabilize his power so that he can go back to being Magneto, master of magnetism, instead of Magneto, old guy that sweats when he makes metal wobble. Oh, man, I'm tired. Wow. I'm going to sit. Hey, you X-Men, get off my lawn. Um, That's basically what he's doing right now. You just described yourself as Magneto. <laughs> Good work. Savage Dragon needs an orthodontist. Um, Savage Dragon 197. I continue to love Savage Dragon. This transition to Malcolm Dragon has been great. Um, plus, I don't know what it is about the you know the subtle difference in Malcolm's face from, uh, I guess just Dragon. Did, did Savage Dragon have a first name? Savage. Uh, Savage Senior? Yeah, yeah. When Dragon, um, the subtle differences in the features, he just does it, some of the best artwork Eric Larson does is like, yeah. If you look at that, that panel of that, that face. I don't know if I got it right. Um, mm-hmm. But if you look at like the rest of the page, most of the time, you know, I, I love Eric Larson's artwork style on this, but most of the time it's all very kind of simplistic, basic. Um, I don't want to say cartoony, but it's very stylized and, and minimalist. But then when he does, boom, that suddenly, you know, you're, you're on like a, um, detail-wise, there's suddenly like a, like, um, who am I trying to think of? Like a, like a Bob McCloud or a uh, um, uh, Jerry Ordway level of, of line work involved. And I just think that something about Malcolm Dragon just brings out the best in in Eric Larson. Um, this story is pretty good. Dart gets a whole lot of people killed and then makes her move on Dragon. Um, getting the upper hand and the lower hand, that's a pun if you read the story, really quickly. Um, and Dragon's just like, I don't have time for any of this crap. And just kind of, you know, she's got this whole plan and this whole speech and she's all ready. And this, decap- you know, this, um, not decapitated, but this, uh, let's go with, um, highly incapacitated, uh, savage, you know, uh, Malcolm Dragon just kind of headbutts her into, you know, okay, we'll deal with your, with your madness later. And it's just really, really well done. Um, this was good beyond words. This is, uh, Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman, um, This is going to be sort of like Wonder Woman's version of that Adventures of Superman book, where it's just open to any version of continuity. The main story in this is Gail Simone and Ethan Van Skyver. Right? Two great tastes that go great together. 
and it's old school, old school DCU. Um, Oracle calls Wonder Woman in because, and she says, you know, the main, the difference between Batman's rogues and like any of the other characters' rogues is, she says, one and one never makes two in Gotham. And one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one never equals anything. The idea being that Batman's villains hate each other and don't work, don't play well with others. They're not like the Flash villains where they can all team up and just call themselves the rogues. They're not like Superman villains where every now and then Lex will bitch slap him into shape or, um, uh, Brainiac will be like, and you all work for me, and they all come together. Come together right now in Justice League. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so they all come, you know. Batman's villains are just like a mess, you know? They're just like nuts. <laughs> and they've got their own little, this is what we do. I do this thing, I do that thing, you do the other thing. And that's it. So um, for this particular moment, for whatever reason, they're working together as best they can. And Oracle has to call somebody in. And she goes through the list, and it's like, you know, Flash is like too kind-hearted, Green Lantern too cosmic, Superman too noble. And she goes, Batman wouldn't approve of my choice, so Batman doesn't get a vote this time. And she calls in Wonder Woman. Um, and the interplay between um, Wonder Woman and all of them, but between Joker and Two-Face is really the best part. It's gorgeous to look at. It's a great story. Everybody looks like they really look. It's real Harley Quinn. Um, you know, they're all just the way they're supposed to be. Um, and it's just a great story. Uh, the backup story, the art's a bit, um, I don't know who Cat Staggs is, but the art is kind of muddy. I don't know if that's, it's colors by John, by John Rush. Um, so I don't know who's at fault for, the, the art is just awfully unclear. Um, but it's a current storyline, kind of. She looks more like she does in the new 52. And uh, it's her versus Cersei in a in a story that has kind of a moral at the end. One of those, um, you know, there's a boy who's like a big Wonder Woman fan, and the other boys are making fun. Like, Aiden likes girl stuff, and then Wonder Woman shows up, you know, what's wrong with girl stuff? And they're like, uh, boys are supposed to like boy stuff? And she's like, who the hell says that? And, you know, there's this little growth moment and then of course she kisses the kid on the head and and uh you know they all just all go from haha to what do we kiss you and you know they'll they'll switch sides um mighty avengers continues to be my favorite avengers book and the only one i'm actually paying money for uh the rest i just read for the reviews um it's such a great lineup and right now they have to go and they, they go to save um they go to save blade and they do, at least for the moment. There's some big shit going on. And uh, you, know, you got She-Hulk, Spectrum, White Tiger, the new Power Man, Falcon, Luke Cage, and uh, you know Blade, um, Jewel, Luke Cage's wife, and um, I'm not sure who, uh, and Kalu, Kalu um, who is from the previous Mighty Avengers, the ones that were in like the 60s, 70s with Luke Cage's dad and Blade again. And, you know, so there's this whole group going to take care of some unfinished business. And 
they're kind of outgunned and outmanned. So we'll see how that goes. Ms. Marvel, number seven. Her team up with Wolverine is like the best team up ever. Um, and explains perfectly why um, um, Lockjaw is going to be hanging around in previous is- in, in future issues. And um, this, I don't know, G. Willow Wilson, I salute you. Um, Jacob Wyatt, I salute you too. And what the hell, Ian Herring, I salute you as well as the colors. This book, uh, issue one I liked, issue two I really liked, and here we are, each issue I like more and more, and this is just so well done, and just such a good, you know, everybody made like, oh, the big deal of the, you know, the the ethnicity and religion of the, the main character, but really, they weren't just talking out there, but when they said that's an aspect of the character, but that's not... You know, we're not writing a comic about a Muslim superhero. We're writing a comic about a superhero who is Muslim. And um, we're not writing a comic about a Middle Eastern superhero. We're writing a, character, a comic about a superhero who is uh, Middle East. And But it's so... I love her family. I love her. I love everything about this book. It's just... It's not... There's not that crushing, weighed-down feeling that you get with so many of these, you know, Marvel, you know, it's all dark and whatever. There's not that, oh my god, all this continuity, you know, that you, you know, do I, what do I know about this character? Do I have to know anything about all the other Ms. Marvel? It really is just this nice little breath of fresh air in the middle of the Marvel Universe. Who knew you could even find any more of those? Um, Teen Titans number two is good, not great. It's I'll go really good. It's really good, but not great. Um, it does have Manchester Black. Um, and a character that he calls um, Algorithm, but she just looks a lot to me like um, she makes me think of uh, Lady Tron. Um, but the only real flow that I... It's really, really good. Uh, it's got some great um, Bunker and Beast Boy stories. Again, they never really explained why Beast Boy's green, but I'm good with it. They just finally realized the error of their ways and just went to green. Or no one realized, maybe whoever the colorist is, is kind of like me, and they're red-green colorblind, and they don't know that he, that he was ever any different. Um, but they do some great Beast Boy um, bunker stories. Beast Boy keeps turning into, in this, they call him, uh, what do they call him? Not Grumpy Cat, but he's, he's basically Grumpy Cat. I think they call him Cranky Cat. But... Um, it was really, really good. It was a lot. It's if you like the Beast Boy, um, Beast Boy Cyborg b- banter on Titans Go, Teen Titans Go, or um, Teen Titans, the, the one before that, then you know this is, or even in, you know in the comics, this is right up your alley. It does make you a little sad if you get nostalgic for the oh he doesn't have that with, you know they were best friends and you took that DC New Fifty Two, you took that he should be best friends with Cyborg. Um, but the, it's it's mostly them in this issue, and it's it's really well done. And uh, but the flaw to me is Manchester Black's plan for what he's doing and why he's doing it both seem far more convoluted than they need to be. They just both scream that there's so much of an easier way to get this accomplished than the ridiculousness that he's doing. So there. Um, Justice Inc. number one. 
is good. It's you know, it's it's the Avenger, it's Doc Savage, and it's um, the Shadow, Justice Inc., Dynamite. It's good. I don't know what to tell you. It's good. Read that. Black Market is good. Um, I think I'm done with it though. Uh, it's a it's a four issue mini. There's really only two left, but. I find myself reading it, and uh, it's good, but something about it just doesn't hold me. I don't know how to, and I know that's not really a review, but I can't give you an honest review one way or the other because I know something that I just wasn't, I wasn't hooked and invested in it, so any review I give is going to be biased on my lack of attachment. Skyward, number nine. Um, number eight just came out last week. We got number nine. That's like boom, boom. Um, this book is good. It's fun. Um, kids read comics. That doesn't mean that this is a kiddie book, um, but it is perfectly safe. This is the book you can read with your whole family. And I gotta know who the you know. There's a reveal at the end that they don't reveal till the next. But you have you. They reveal everybody's reactions to the reveal, but you don't get the actual reveal. I'm dying for number ten to get the reveal to see why everybody, you know, why the people are reacting. Well, one particular guy is reacting the way he is. It's, it's, I'm at the, see this? See how close I am? You know why? I'm at the edge of my seat. That's why. And I'm also at the edge of my pile. You can see there's no comic in my hand. That's it. I will see you, or, you know, you'll, you'll see me or hear me uh, in a week. Thanks for listening to F3G2. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review in iTunes. Want to tell Sebastian what you think of his reviews? Go to f3g2.gunageek.com and comment on the latest show there. Check out other geeky podcasts part of the Gunageek Network at gunageeknetwork.com. Have a good week.